Okay, here's the wrap-up on the situation with Le'Veon Bell, uh, the lame duck. And by the way, that by itself is an awkward situation. you got a star player who's got one foot out the door and the other foot in your backfield. Uh, I saw people on Twitter calling Lev Bell vile names. I hear it on the radio, too. Uh, Bell doesn't deserve that. He made a decision about his career and about his life, and Bell is the guy taking all the risk. Albeit not a huge risk, because after this coming season, Bell will have made $30.5 million in the National Football League. Uh, Bell may not be a saver, but unless he's addicted to smack, sex, and gambling, he should be okay. So please eliminate the anger, all of you. The topics now are, when is Bell going to show up? How will he do? And what is the Steelers' plan moving forward? But don't be mad at Bell. Give the guy credit. He's betting on himself. This is the Mark Madden Show. If I had a dime for every time I turned on the radio and heard somebody more charismatic than me, I would have zero dimes. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call, or you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. Greta Van Fleet tonight at Stage AE, and I can't wait. Going to replay my interview from a couple weeks back with Jake Kiska, the guitar player for Greta Van Fleet. That'll air at about 5.30. At 3.30, we got Dejan Kovacevic from DKPittsburghSports.com, and we got Jeff Diamond, former NFL general manager, now a contributing writer for the Sporting News. We're going to ask him what he would have done if he was Kevin Colbert, if he was the Steelers' GM, and he had a chance to sign or not sign Le'Veon Bell. That's Jeff Diamond at 4.30 right here on the Mark Madden Show. Okay, so last night, I tried to watch the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. I tried. I really did. But I failed because I can't watch anything that's not competitive. When the winning league at the All-Star Game used to get home field for the World Series, that was stupid. But at least it was something. So I flipped back and forth between the All-Star Game and American Made with Tom Cruise, WWE SmackDown, and The Girl Next Door, which features Alicia Cuthbert when she was super hot, not yet all hockeyed out. Uh, She plays a porn star who dates a high school student. It's the classic American love story. We're going to talk more about Belle. And then the Pirates will start playing and then start trading everybody because the MLB trade deadline is just 13 days away. And you're going to be amazed at how little the Pirates get back. Because when some team takes Josh Harrison off their hands, the benefit to the Pirates is cutting payroll. That is mostly what the other teams are going to feel like they given in return. And then Steelers camp starts without Bell, so that's the timeline. You know one thing Lev Bell shouldn't have said? Bell shouldn't have said that 2018 was going to be his best season ever. 
Now, I know that's kind of what you got to say. But if it isn't Bell's best year ever, after he misses all of training camp, boy, the fans are going to stick that right up Lev Bell's backside. On the other hand, Bell has not mangled social media over the last 48 hours, which I totally expected. Darrell Revis retired today after 11 NFL seasons. The cornerback, Revis Island, uh, he was absolutely brilliant and nailed on Hall of Famer, one of the best ever at a very difficult position. The only two I think were better are Mel Blunt and Deion Sanders and maybe Rod Woodson. Uh, Revis played at Aliquippa High School and at the University of Pittsburgh seven times in the Pro Bowl, and he made first-team All-Pro four times. Uh, when he was at Pitt, Revis was first-team All-Big East twice, and Revis had that uh, 73-yard punt return against West Virginia in 2006. I hesitate to say this, but I think it won an ESPY. Uh, so what a career for Darrell Revis. Uh, very well done. Made $124 million over 11 years. Played for four teams. Eight years were spent with the Jets over two stints. Uh, Revis was a pure mercenary, but uh, you can't argue with $124 million. Uh, I neglected to mention earlier, uh, talking about the All-Star game, Felipe Vasquez did pitch last night. One inning, one hit, zero runs, one walk, and two strikeouts. So he did better than that racist guy from Milwaukee. We'll talk about the racist guy a little bit later. I saw a box score for the game, and it had Rivero and not Vasquez. I guess they didn't get the memo. Uh, Tim Benz wrote a good column about what is really the big debate at Steelers training camp because it's not running back. The running back is Bell, and he shows up when he shows up. If James Conner is competing now for anything, it's the starting running back job next year in 2019. And I'm not kidding. I think Conner needs to have a good camp and good exhibition games to even be thought of as being in that mix to start in 2019 uh, after Bell leaves. Uh, the big debate is free safety. Mike Mitchell is gone, and thank God. But there's no definite replacement. Probably it's Sean Davis. But the Steelers seem to have lost faith in Davis. Maybe it's Cam Sutton, who might move from cornerback. Maybe it's a rookie. But I laugh when I hear the safeties, uh, excuse me, the Steelers may use a lot of safeties and fewer linebackers. How the heck are you going to use more safeties? Three, four, whatever. How are you going to do that when you're not even sure who your starting safeties are? I mean, Morgan Bournett, yeah, you know it's strong safety. But after that, they do not know. I just think that Steelers defense is going to be mediocre at best. And in some games, it's going to be pretty bad. And it's going to cost them for sure. 
412-333-9939 is the number to call. A lot of people saying the Steelers blew it with Lev Bell. I don't see it that way. I think you'll all be amazed by how easy it is to replace a running back, even a star running back in the NFL. It will be uh, very easy, and the Steelers won't miss a beat. As I said yesterday, I think they'll be better in 2019 without Bell than they are in 2018 with Bell. And I see people bitching, oh, how can Sammy Watkins and Jarvis Landry make more than Le'Veon Bell? Because they're wide receivers. And that's what that position makes. And any effort to change that, well, put it this way. Bell tried to change it and for the time being was unable to. Just around the corner. Going to talk about the MLB All-Star Game, which was just a parody of baseball. Then again, baseball is a parody of baseball. Going to talk about some dumb stuff the commissioner said, Rob Manfred. And at 3.30, we have Dejan Kovacevic. It's the Mark Madden Show on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, what's up, Mr. Madden? Their moth might say no right now, but in their hearts, they're saying yes, yes, oh yes. DX at 105.9. I am really getting amused by this notion that running backs are this oppressed minority and aren't paid enough, especially compared to wide receivers. Why do Sammy Watkins and Jarvis Landry make more than Le'Veon Bell? I'll tell you why. When Le'Veon Bell leaves after next season, Watch how easily the Steelers replace him. When Antonio Brown retires, watch how hard it is for the Steelers to replace him. It's supply and demand. It's economics 101. Uh, Like I said in shows open, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game was a grotesque parody of baseball, but that's only because baseball is a grotesque parody of baseball. George Will is the crustiest of the old-time baseball guys. He writes for the Washington Post. And a couple of days ago, he wrote that baseball doesn't need fixed, that it will fix itself. Well, baseball certainly wasn't fixed last night at D.C. because you supposedly got the best pitchers in baseball throwing, and there were 10 home runs. 10 home runs in the All-Star game. But I really enjoyed the game. Because I am a fan of launch angle. And all the dopes in the both dugouts and in the stands are going nuts after every home run. Uh, what a bunch of jerks. Like I said, I didn't watch much of it. Frig baseball. They've taken the toughest thing to do. The toughest single act. Hitting the ball out of the park and made it the easiest thing to do. And it happens too often. You know, it was funny. Joey Votto, the Cincinnati first baseman, dropped a pop-up in foul territory. And Segura, the batter, he made the most of his reprieve by hitting a three-run homer. But then later on, Votto hit a homer. Everybody hit a homer. Wham! A homer! Wham! Another homer! Um, Rob Manfred, who's the baseball commissioner, He said some stuff that uh, 
Well, maybe maybe Donald Trump fed him some of this because it's just nonsensical. He said that Mike Trott from the uh, Angels, LA Angels, isn't popular because he doesn't do commercials. Manfred also said money has little correlation to winning in baseball. He said the DH in the National League is unlikely. Uh, Look, Trot has zero charisma. Not doing commercials is irrelevant. The guy just has zero charisma. No it factor. Uh, Of course money has a major correlation to winning. It's just that four layers of playoffs uh, dilutes that somewhat. And the National League will adopt the designated hitter. Uh, Manfred probably didn't want to argue about it at that moment. There must be some rule that if you're the commissioner of a sports league in America, you have to be a dork. Think about it. Well, Goodell's just an ass bag. Manfred's a dork. Batman, he's somewhere between ass bag and dork. Adam Silver, actually he appears to be doing a pretty good job, but give him time. Uh, Manfred also said that uh, he could see baseball expanding to 32 teams. Well, duh. I mean, the more teams, the more money everybody makes. Every league in every sport is always looking to expand. Mark my words, within 20 years, the National Football League will have 40 teams. 40 teams within 20 years. Eight more within 20 years. You watch. Uh, 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, This is too good to not talk about. A guy named Larry Fetter. I guess that's his name. Larry Fetter. He's the North Carolina football coach. They went 3-9 and last year, so obviously he knows what he's talking about. Speaking of football, about it being made too safe. That's, That's my phrase, not his about it not being as macho and hard-hitting, Larry Fetter said, quote, our game is under attack, and if it goes down, our country will go down, unquote. Does that mean Putin's going to try to hack football next? And then to double down on his idiocy, Fetter said that a army general told him that American armed forces are the strongest in the world because we're the only country that plays football. He said those things with a straight face. Yikes. Up next, we'll talk about Lev Belt. What else? With Dayon Kovacevic. And even though at the beginning of the show I said that was my wrap-up of the Bell situation, I was telling a bold-faced lie. Because there's just so much more to heap on top of what we've already talked about. Dejan up next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. This is one of those two-chin strap, bring the duct tape type of affairs. What the? They're going to make us play a wild card game. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. The X at 105.9. That North Carolina coach, his name's pronounced Fedora. Uh, I didn't write the A. He's 3-9. and Who cares? Joining me now from DKPittsburghSports.com, he is the constructor and conductor. It's Serbian reactionary, Dejan Kovacevic. Uh, 
Dayon, is there a bad guy when it comes to the Steelers and Lev Bell not reaching a deal? Because I really don't think there is. No, I, I can't find one, Mark. I've actually tried. Uh, I've put a pretty good effort into seeing if maybe, you know, it, looking at it from both perspectives, uh, if there's a an element of greed, if there's an element of not caring about one party or the other, I, you know, there isn't a bad guy. However, I will say this. There is something to be said for knowing the discrepancy between 15 million and 17 million and valuing being not just on a winning team, because that's, that stuff gets a little bit overstated, but being on a team where you know you trust your teammates, you trust your offensive line, uh, that's a little bit of a different situation. Uh, I, I, I'd have to say that if there's, if I'd lean, against somebody, which sounds like what you're asking here, it would be more leaning against Le'Veon just from that standpoint because he's been with this offensive line, with this quarterback, with this wide receiver uh, for a long time now since he came into the league. And he's choosing to walk away from them for really, in the scope of things, with a small amount of money. So that said, I don't exactly vilify him for that either. Well, if I were him, I'm taking the deal. But I can't criticize him for betting on himself. Now, yeah, exactly. I, I know the he'll agent said he'll do better money wise. That that much we I think we can agree on. He will do better than what the Steelers offered. Well, I know the agent said only ten million dollars of their offer was guaranteed uh, from the Steelers. But Bell was going to play at least two seasons out of that deal, so he'd have got thirty three mil. No question. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what fun. were the Steelers going to sign him just to cut him? I don't think so. Yeah, I, no. About that in your in your first segment, and, and you're completely right. The, the, the first year is an absolute guarantee. The second year, come on, who, I mean, who does this guy think the Steelers are? You know, if if he were to run into Vontez Burfict's leg whip all over again, meaning Bell, and go down with an injury that would cost him all, do you think the Steelers would just cut him? I mean, it just it, it's it's not the way they've done business uh, with anybody. They sure wouldn't start now. Uh, given how many running backs are out there, and looking at all the rookie backs that did great just last year, I don't think replacing Bell is going to be all that hard. Uh, to some degree of quality, I just don't. Well, I, I don't know that we're going to agree on that. I think that you can replace Bell. You can put in a, a good running back. You can possibly even get one that, that has the potential to be great. One thing that's neat about the NFL draft anymore is that running backs, unless you're Saquon Barkley, fall. Uh, so if you make up your mind that your first round has to be invested in a running back, you can get one. However, in this particular circumstance... Well, I think a second or third round pick would do the trick, too. It may be. In this, well, he was a second round pick. In this specific circumstance, I'm leery of that idea because, again, you've had this quarterback, this wide receiver, and especially this offensive line, and they'll tell you themselves, these guys up front, that it is a big adjustment, even going from one of their own running backs to blocking for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, that's not to say that they couldn't adjust it. It's not to say that they're they're not good standard run blockers. No, they are, but I think it's a different dynamic. And, and you're asking Ben, on top of that, uh, to basically readjust his mindset, his thinking, his playbook, which it now is. Yeah, I, I just I just don't think it's going to be that hard. I mean, look at 2015. Bell got hurt. D'Angelo Williams came in. 
and the Steelers didn't miss a beat. Not statistically, certainly. No, D'Angelo was really good. Um, but I, they don't have that guy in the fold right now. And I say that with all due respect to, you know, James Conner and Stevan Ridley and other guys. They, they just don't have that player. Could they get it? Yeah. I, again, I'm just – you know what happens, Mark, is everybody's in a rush to downplay him the moment he says he's not going to be in Pittsburgh. He's still the NFL's best running back. Let's not pretend otherwise. Oh, I don't – I'm going to pretend otherwise. Last season he was not the NFL's best running back. Wasn't even close. On yards per carry again. You, come on. Oh, you're right, because that doesn't matter. It, they should have given him the ball 600 times and let him get three yards a carry. It's not nearly as important as his overall touches, what he forces the defense to think about. How about all the options? Oh, intangibles. How about, well, no, you want a tangible? Here's a tangible. How about all the room that he ends up creating, in essence, for Antonio Brown, for the other wide receivers? Yeah, intangibles. You don't get paid for that. There's five other guys they got to worry about on any given snap. Yeah, there, there's Todd better there's better Brown. running backs than him. Todd Gurley's for sure better than him. I don't agree with that. I told you we weren't going to agree on this one. Well, moving forward, do you see James <laughs> Connors the likely starter in 2019? Uh, I think he has to win that job for next year. I think he's got to win it now at training camp and in the exhibitions. You know, he's got to win it immediately. I mean, to an extent, it, it's got to be, you know, like you're like you're suggesting. I think in the first couple of preseason games, and if that sounds unfair, so be it. Uh, all he has shown at the NFL level, and I'm not saying that this is the cap on his potential, but all he's shown is that one sweep that Todd Haley would use him for four or five times a game. Um, that's not the James Conner that we saw, and that might not be a criticism of him. It might be one of Haley, but that's not the one that we saw. At Pitt, uh, when he was just blowing through guys, I remember covering a game that Pitt played up at Boston College where he just annihilated those guys for three hours. By the time the fourth quarter came along, they wanted nothing to do with him. That's not the way the Steelers have used or tried him. And now he comes in a little bit lighter. He's looking for more quickness. We'll see. I I don't know. I mean, uh, he's going to have to be a different type of running back than what we've seen in his very limited uh, time in the NFL so far. So right now, I would say no, but I'd say it respectfully. I, you know, I, I don't rule out anything with him. We're talking today, John Kovacevic. He's brought to you by Walnut Grill. Uh, do you buy the notion that Bell isn't a running back? He's a multi-purpose player or a hybrid. Uh, that kind of talk makes me gag. I, I hate yeah, that the running I, backs. I, I hate that the running backs are being presented as an oppressed minority. I don't. I don't like the idea of pretending that he's some different position and he should be paid double. Uh, if that's the case, Russell Wilson would be the highest paid player in the NFL, right? Because he's a quarterback who can run a lot. Uh, I, I'm not crazy about that that mindset. I don't think that it applies. And I'll give you a, a different maybe thought process on why. If you're Leonard Fournette and the Jaguars can use you as a human battering ram against a defense the way they did to the Steelers in the playoffs, he's a different kind of weapon. He is more valuable to the Jaguars and what they were doing and the play action options that they were able to offer Blake Bortles in the process than Le'Veon Bell would have been. So beauty's in the eye of the beholder, so to speak, here. Uh, the Jaguars would not take Le'Veon Bell over Leonard Fournette 
Does that mean that Leonard Fournette is the equivalent of two players just because he's a better fit for them? No. You know, it's just, that's, this is all agent speak. And the agent, there's no doubt in my mind, got through to him with the whole, uh, you know, pay the player, not the position talk to the point that he ended up repeating it himself. Now, when does Bell show up and how will he do this year? I think he'll show up uh, late in training camp, very similar to last year. He's already dropped hints to that effect, although, of course, he's actually the worst possible source on what Le'Veon Bell is going to do. I think you're going to see him come back in the final week of training camp, mostly because he's not going to want to take off his teammates, and that's when he knows that'll really kick in, that aspect of it. Um, And again, you know, you get to open the season against Cleveland. So it's kind of a preseason game for him, the way it was last year. You get out there, you don't look particularly effective, which he didn't in Cleveland, if you'll recall. Uh, But he has a chance to get his feet under him a little bit, and then he'll do fine. Because look, if this is his motivation, again, not saying that critically, if this is his motivation to have this ultimate payday, Oh, my God, is he going to be driven. In yeah, but you think he did good last year, and he only averaged four yards a carry. No, I don't think he did good. I know he did good. It's not an opinion. You're, you're stuck on one statistic. You're right. The numbers don't matter. Another, the numbers another don't matter. What was his launch angle? The the other don't start on that. The the uh, the reason that he, the, the other negative statistic, as long as you want to go that route with him, is that he didn't break a run longer than 30 yards. He didn't have that big, you know, the 70-yard or 80-yard. Furthermore, he only had three yards of 20 yards or more. However, he was extremely effective in the red zone, which does matter to this offense because Ben and A.B. weren't great in the red zone. He was very valuable down there. Oh, so their numbers count. I see. Well, I I didn't even understand that. Well, I mean, you're talking about Ben and, 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 and... Brown were bad in the red zone, but Bell was good. Why does that matter, but his 4.0 yards per carry, which is garbage, why does that not matter? That is, no, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. It's a negative statistic. It's just not the only statistic that's available to measure him. There are reasons that people consider him to be the number one running back in the NFL. And there are reasons why I don't. And I understand that. I respect that. I'm, all I'm saying is that he is really, really good. Oh, there's no there's question he's good, he, he, but he's not like I, – I heard somebody say today he's a top-five player in the league. My ass, not even close. Well, no, it's not somebody. It was NFL Network. I mean, it, it's, Well, they're wrong. You know, well, they have their opinion and you have yours. The one thing I will say, at the risk of sounding like I'm kowtowing to you, which I never do, is that at least your opinion was formed before this. The part that I don't like about what's happened over the last 48 hours is people all of a sudden coming out of nowhere and saying that Le'Veon's no good, whereas if Le'Veon had signed the contract on Monday, it would be the greatest thing ever. No question and about you, that. You now, can't have that both ways. You know what I mean? Do you think Bell was jealous of Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger? Does he want to be the number one guy somewhere and not the third fiddle? Oh, wow, no. Why would you even ask that? I mean, that's just not in his personality at all. <laughs> what are you crazy? He's an egomaniac. No, he's, not. he's not anything of the kind. He's a oh child. Oh my god! You finally he's flipped, haven't you? He's a child. That's what he is. And again, I don't even say that in a negative sense. He's 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 basically he's the equivalent of a nine year old in a grown up body, and, he, and he, I say that. In the uh, Yarmer Yager sense, where just somebody's just an overgrown kid. That's what he is. He's a 
He's a super nice guy, wonderful guy, actually, to be around. Uh, has no issues whatsoever with Ben or AB or any of that. I, I didn't I say I didn't say he that he disliked that. them, but don't you think he'd like to be the guy? No, it's just not. It's it's just not how he's wired. Uh, he's actually done really well fitting in with what the Steelers have. I've never heard him express anything of the kind. I, I'd be more inclined to think of AB that way, but not even really him. You know. Uh, I think that stuff is done positionally, you know, in in football for the most part. You know, I think you're going to see Ben have a little bit of an edge to him in camp because he's got another quarterback in who might be able to throw the ball downfield and look good in the red zone, meaning, of course, Mason Rudolph. Uh, You know, if A.B. had someone else come along who looked like some superstar wide receiver, you know, maybe he'd have some kind of issues, but we didn't even see that with Martavis when Martavis was going well. Uh, Le'Veon, no. Hey, John, do you feel like do you feel like you've separated either of your shoulders? I have no idea what that means. You've been reaching the entire conversation. Uh, then you come with the reaching shoot back. I, I got nothing for you here, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking me questions. I'm giving you what I think. That's all I got. Okay, real quick. How many Pirates will be traded between now and the trade deadline on the 31st? I want a number. I, I'll give you three. I'll give you three. Uh, I, I think that I, uh, freeze is, is is as good as gone. Uh, it's going to be one other guy who's making at least some significant money, uh, and the one that makes the most sense is Jordy Mercer. However, you've got a wrench thrown in now with you know Francisco Cervelli and the cushions, and now Josh Harris, and we'll see about the hamstring when they come back Friday in Cincinnati. Uh, nobody wants to take a player that, that's, that's... I can't imagine any team permanent. would want Josh Harrison at that ticket with two more years left. Oh, I don't know. I mean, J.J.'s a pretty good ball player. Uh, there's a lot of teams that would take him. It'd um, have to I be a contender agree. that would use him at super utility. Yeah, but I, I don't know about that. He's a good second baseman. He's a really good second baseman. Uh, you can find a use for a player like that. Uh, more, way more so than you could with Freeze, and you're talking about a lot of teams out there that have money to spend. So I, I don't think he'd be an issue. I think his health would be. But those would be the guys that I would focus on in addition to Corey Dickerson. You can't rule that one out because the Pirates clearly do have an issue uh, with the outfield since Austin Meadows isn't playing where he should be right now. That's Dejan Kovacevic. I'm Mark Madden. In just a moment, more Lev Bell talk. It's all Bell all the time. Well, not all the time. We're... We're tapering off. It's like uh, we're kind of in the methadone stage of our addiction. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. What's up, man? Legalizing something and doing it to the point of being stupid are two different things, stupid. The X at 105.9. Toronto and San Antonio are making this big trade in the NBA. The association, as the cool fans call it. And it's a bunch of players, but it's basically Kawhi Leonard goes to Toronto and DeMar DeRozan goes to San Antonio. Toronto will regret that deal. Uh, DeRozan is a career Raptor, nine seasons, averaged almost 20 points per game in those nine seasons, made four All-Star games. The Raptors made the playoffs the last five years. 59 wins last season. DeRozan was the face of the team and the heart of the team. And they traded him for some ass bag who tanked last season. 
because his leg hurts. The San Antonio doctor said he could play. His own doctor said he couldn't. I think Kawhi Leonard just got no heart. I think he just didn't want to play. If I'm a Raptors fan, I hate that trade. Kawhi is a dink. Oh, and Toronto told DeRozan he wouldn't be traded. And Kawhi doesn't want to go there and is reportedly thinking about sitting out, which would make no sense because then his free agency would be pushed back a year. He's got to play a year for Toronto. What a crap show. I saw a bunch of tweets about how Kawhi Leonard is 26 and he's the second best all-around player in the league after LeBron James. That may be true, but I see him as being an ass bag first and a player second. And what good is any player if he never plays? No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. It looks like Manny Machado is going to the Dodgers. Who cares? And Josh Hader of Milwaukee got his ass kicked in the All-Star game. And it was revealed when he was 17. Uh, when Josh Hader was 17, he tweeted stuff that was racist and homophobic. Hey, he was 17. Kids do dumb crap. But I'm sure some will believe it should mean the end of Josh Hader's career. Maybe the Brewers could cut Hader and sign Luke Heimlich to take his pace. place. Uh, I just can't believe somebody took the trouble to go through Josh Hader's Twitter all the way back to when he was 17 and find offensive tweets. Whoever did that should just get a life. That doesn't excuse what Hader tweeted, but whoever went back that far just to rat somebody out should get a life. Okay, now it's more Levy on Bell Talk, which is, of course, what you tuned in to hear. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's agent, I like this. Le'Veon Bell's agent says his client is not a running back. He is a multi-purpose player. Here's the quote from uh, whatever his name is. We've heard his name enough. Quote, Le'Veon Bell is not a running back, not in the traditional sense of the phrase. Le'Veon Bell is a multi-purpose player, unquote. Boy, that news is going to screw up the depth charts and all the fantasy football drafts. Somebody tell dude that his client is a running back. 80% of the time, maybe more, he lines up behind the quarterback. He is a running back. He doesn't get to redefine the position just because you say so. He gets to redefine the position when he does something different from what running backs do. And what Le'Veon Bell does is what running backs have been doing since the position was created. He might catch a little bit more, might block a little bit better, does that tap dance stuff at the line, but Franco Harris did that. He's a running back. That's what he is and nothing else. Left Bell's agent also called the Steelers a, quote, first-class organization, unquote. Well, how very nice of him to say that. I'm sure the Rooney family appreciates the validation. 412-333-9939, the number to call. 
You know, if, if we've got any calls today, I wouldn't know it. I forgot to turn on my my producer template here, uh, whatever you call it, the screen. But we don't have any calls, which is fine by me. It always is. Uh, Bucky Brooks made a good point on the NFL Network, a rare one for him because he's an imbecile. Brooks said that if the Steelers weren't sure they could keep Lev Bell long-term, they should have drafted a back in the first three rounds last year or this year. Brooks is absolutely right about that, but you can just draft that guy next year. But part of me thinks or fears that the Steelers see James Conner as the successor. I don't think that'll work out. And next year, you need a legit option to Connor at any rate. Here's a a tweet from Bucky Brooks. The Steelers could have easily made the deal happen by simply guaranteeing what Bell would earn playing on back-to-back tags. 14.5 mil plus 20.8 mil or 35 mil as part of a longer deal. They could have fluffed up the deal, but the first two years needed to beat the tags. But that's not what the Steelers do. The Steelers don't guarantee money past the bonus. They don't. Why should they change the way they do business for one guy? The only exception they've ever made is they will negotiate an extension further out for a quarterback than they do other positions. And that's it. That's the list. I mean, how dumb do you have to be to not know? Okay, signing bonus guaranteed. The first year is basically guaranteed. You're not going to give him the signing bonus and then cut Le'Veon Bell. And they're not going to cut him before the second year either. You're going to get $30 million out of that deal. And if you have to have it in a guarantee, boy, that's, that's not very trusting. And it's not very cognizant of the way the Steelers do business either. I mean, if Bell thinks that and his agent thinks that, then, hey, they think what they think, and I can't fault them. But they would have got the amount of money, that 33 mil, in those first two years. 412-333-9939. Up next, a salute to Antonio Brown. You heard me right. A salute to Antonio Brown. 105.90X.